Yeah, windshield time on a chilly Monday. It's Lefty Frizzell's uh, Saginaw, Michigan. The reason why I got thinking about Saginaw, Michigan, because this morning on the weather, they were talking about the uh, the cold snap going across the Midwest and how it's wreaking havoc on traffic and all over the place. And they pointed out that it's reaching everywhere from uh, uh, Iowa to Kansas to Nebraska and all the way up to the northern part of Michigan and Saginaw And maybe it's just me being from the south. I just assumed it's like that 90% of the time in those places I've never had anybody come back from like Saginaw, Michigan outside of like June July and half of August that wasn't just like Yeah, it's miserable winters that are up there I mean, I was watching Anthony Bourdain's last night, uh, his show, his CNN show, and he was in Antarctica, and they were talking about the people that go down there for just the season when it's warm, air quotes, warmer temperatures to work uh, for their summer. And uh, it, it's funny to me because I, I'd like to ask those people if they would, they would stay, because they only go down for a few months and work. And uh, I wonder if they would actually stay through the awful, just shut in, you know, you can't go outside or anything. In essence, that's what I anticipate. That's what I expect Saginaw, Michigan Michigan is from like right now through March or May of each year. Probably May to like late May, early June. I'm sure there's some years they're, they're still down below freezing around that time. And, and I like how this song... He said he's up there in Alaska digging in the cold, cold ground. Can you tell the difference between Saginaw, Michigan and digging in the cold ground in Alaska? Like I said, it's my perception being from the south of anywhere above a certain certain point, a uh, certain parallel. But I'm sure it's the same way of what everybody feels about. Like the southeast is just tornadoes all day, every day. When they hear about another tornado in the southeast, they're just like, yeah, I'm not surprised. Didn't see, yeah, we saw that coming. And so it's like, even now I mentioned last week about the fires in California, everybody's like, yeah, fires, this one's, this one is ex exceptionally bad. It's the equivalent of somebody in the South going like, oh, this tornado, it was an ex it was exceptionally bad. Like in comparison to what? Oh, good turkey week. We just got back from Evansville, Indiana, where my wife's family is from. Evansville to people that are from there seems like well yeah I talk about my hometown of it's a great place to be from but in Evansville was it's like a hundred thousand people and like where I'm from the town we would drive into I mean literally drive an hour to Fort Smith Arkansas was 71,000 people and we're just like dude they got everything there but I, I don't remember there being like other than El Chico's and maybe a uh, Mazio's Pizza we may throw back for a while for those. There was any like place that we had to go eat. I mean, there's El Chico's in the mall, but remembering now, it was just I even remember now, just like TV dinner Mexican food. But like Evansville, it's a hundred thousand people, and uh, they have this 
pizza culture. Like I never eat pizza hardly ever in Nashville. And with the exception maybe DeSano's or if somebody has some, I'll eat it. But I never like say like, man, I'm, I'm really craving pizza. I just never do because I've, I've realized that's because most of the pizza I've had in my life is shit. It's just like take out of a deep freezer, the pre-made dough, roll it out. And then they put the same canned or bagged ingredients on every pizza. It's, it's the, it's the pizza cottage in Ozark, Arkansas we used to go to, you know, and that's why I'm not, because in the meantime, when I never eat, ate that much pizza, I, I've actually went to really good pizza places. There's a place in San Francisco. I can't, the name is slipping me now. It's like the owner went to Italy and won some pizza competition or something, but it was, it's like not just real world it's like san francisco food scene good like really really good really good elasticity to the crust and and then the then um you know like i said DeSanto's here in nashville is pretty close to that uh wood fired uh i just like that i mean most pizza i eat i never eat the crust because i'm like look man i mean let's not get crazy i'm not that excited about this papa john's but Evansville, Indiana has this crazy pizza culture that like every neighborhood, and it's not even a fancy ass town by any means, but just about every neighborhood, regardless of demographic, has a pizza place. Just like a neighborhood pizza place. Like uh, one day my my uh, mother-in-law lives on the west side. There's in Evansville, when you spend 10 minutes there, there's this east side, west side thing. Like it's fucking uh, Biggie and Tupac in the 90s. Oh, uh, she grew up on the west side. Does she know so-and-so? Of course she does. Statistically, there's only forty to 50,000 people on that side. And if you sprinkle in about 20 families, they pretty much are either all related or know each other. So, um, but I was walking around her uh, neighborhood, uh, out of her little pocket of her neighborhood, because Leroy's is, uh, is a tavern there. That's one of the pizza places. And then Pizza King is right around the corner that makes a stromboli that you'd stab somebody for. It's phenomenal. Freaking phenomenal. Um, so I walked out of her little neighborhood up about a mile or two to another little neighborhood and uh, working class neighborhood, shotgun houses, so on and so forth, just pushing my son Archie in the stroller, just getting out, getting some exercise. And um, I walked by this place, it just said uh, Sam's Pizza. And from the outside of the building, it could have, it, it could either have be still in business or been out of business for about three years. And it, 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 didn't, it didn't look that different because the house next door uh, was at a right angle to what pizza, uh, Sam's Pizza was. And in their backyard was about four different TVs from four different eras that it's obvious that they just went out and they just threw the shit in the backyard. And it's just, just shit scattered everywhere. Reminded me a little bit of Arkansas, to be honest. But it's like right next door to this place. So I'm like, ah, all right, this during daylight, they weren't, uh, during daytime, they weren't open. Plus it was Thanksgiving day. So the next day we're like, hey, you know, we're looking around for food. I'm like, hey, have y'all heard of Sam's Pizza? They're like, yeah, we've heard of Sam's. I'm like, have you ever eaten there? They're like, no, don't know anybody that's ever eaten there. Like, okay, I, I get it. You got your own neighborhood spot. So we get up, we start looking around. I go, I want to order pizza from Sam's. Pizza and Stromboli. They had to have those two. She's like, yeah, probably. So search online, Sam's Pizza, Evansville, nothing. Get on Google Maps, pull up Sam's Pizza. It pops up. Go over to their five Yelp reviews. Ironically, the top one was a lady from Nashville. And then it's like, it there you have to go to a Yelp review and look at one of the five to seven pictures that someone has taken from inside the place to look at their menu. And the menu, if you remember what the Coke or Pepsi signs look like in a high school 
gym concession stand with the little letters you stick on there that's what their menu was up on the wall someone had just taken a picture of that and posted it online or posted it on the Yelp that's the only way we would ever know what Sam's menu was uh, so order Sam's get a stromboli get a works pizza and get a cheese pizza so roll over to Sam's get in there and uh, walk in and it has maybe six seven tables and um, there's a lady putting up some Christmas lights and then two dudes with full beards older dudes hoodies with the hoods up in the back one's making pizza and one of them's answering the phone uh, I asked the lady while we're standing there with my daughter I'm like hey uh, uh, y'all been very busy it's like the day after Thanksgiving she's like nah we expect to be a little bit busier I'm like, oh, that, yeah, I was just walking by here the other day. It's my first time I've ever been in here. She's like, you never been here before? I'm like, no. And I, I, I guess being a neighborhood spot, they, they probably don't get a lot of new people. They get they got their regulars. So I walk in and just sitting there and talking to her. I'm like, hey, man, uh, never been here. Uh, it's really hard to find y'all's menu. And she's like, well, we put it on Facebook from time to time. I'm like, ah, oh, didn't, sorry, my bad, didn't check Facebook. I'm like, you know... A website I'm like have you ever thought about getting a website just to put like your phone number address and a menu on there and she's like yeah man but that's really expensive I'm like no it's really not for like 200 bucks you can have it all really yes you can have everything on there I mean I'm just just saying on uh, in November of 2018 a website wouldn't be a, a crazy thing uh, to reach out and, and get she's like oh uh, great you know and got my pizza and a stromboli, walked out and uh, got in the car and of course went ahead and got my daughter a piece of the cheese pizza and uh, I took a piece myself. Phenomenal. Really, really good. Evansville has this, uh, it's not, they don't have thin crust or pan crust or hand tossed. They have this thin cracker crust. So like, just think of every bite you bite, bite into is just going to have a hell of a crunch to it. And one of the main places up there that is known for it, that kind of started, and one of the matriarchs of it is Taroni's is a place in a, like off of Main Street in Evansville. So like Evansville has, you have like the east side, which is all look like, just imagine any town America development with a Ross and a Jason's Deli and a Best Buy and all the other shit you can imagine. That's on Green River Road on the east side. On the west side is a complete opposite. It's like there's the main thoroughfare through there is Franklin Street. And Franklin Street's got like five, seven, ten bars and restaurants all on the main street, on the main drag there. More old school neighborhood, and that's where the in-laws live. So it's just amazing to me that I mean every pizza place, there's like there's like uh there's a big one that just has like five or six locations now that just popped up called A Zip Pizza. Uh, it's kind of like the Crave Pizza or Mod Pizza model where you just go through. It's Subway for pizza. You go through, pick your shit out, and they put it in the oven, and you cook it. So, And then uh, there's one called Spanky's. It's really good. We go to a good bit. But the trick is, is the thin cracker crust is the people that put a liner underneath, plastic liner underneath the pizza on top of the pizza box so the middle of the pizza doesn't get all mushy because it's so thin. Great pizza. The Stromboli was good. Not as good as Pizza Kings, but definitely not as good as Spanky's. But I don't know, man. Just kind of change. It's changed my whole mindset. Or now it's kind. It's kind of like when I go home to Arkansas, I only get Big Red Cola. That's the only time in my life I ever drink Big Red is when I'm back in my hometown. I'll get like one or two. But as I've gotten older, I became that guy. Like this is just so damn sweet. Um, 
But yeah, now we go to Evansville. But it's weird, man, because a culture up there is like two hours north of Nashville. You travel anywhere in the southeast, there's a commonality of food for the most part. You got New Orleans, you know, and every one has their specialty. But you can always find really good beans and cornbread just about anywhere in the south. Uh, but up there, yeah, it's still a bean culture. But it's just like there's two or three neighborhood butchers. There's just It's just stuff where it's exact opposite of Nashville. Like, we started, we got so homogenized in Nashville and just whitewashed for so long that it just there's we don't have hardly any of the character that's left the only character that's really left for most like a handful of people that left the food like even till here recently our barbecue scene it was shit till 10 years ago when you got the Edleys the Peglegs the Martins everybody popping up yeah there's a few neighborhood spots but when you look at like Memphis or hell even Knoxville and Birmingham all have really good barbecue cultures that have been there a little while and in nashville if it wasn't for those ones i just mentioned to you i can't think off the top of my head jack's barbecue which is all right but it's nothing that i would take any turret any any family in town to go to but it was good man we uh decided to get out one day a couple days and we took a drive about an hour and a half away to a um, little town called new harmony little kind of touristy little town they have an open air church i'm like isn't that just a field when they when anybody mentions the open air church all i can think about is that mitch hedberg bit about uh it says two bedrooms one bath uh well i think that's weird because any room can be a bedroom this bedroom just happens to have a toilet and a shower in it that's what i think about the open air church it's like anybody it's just a, yeah anybody can have an open air church all, pretty much all you need is a a religious book and a group of people outside like oh this is the world's biggest open-air church but new harmony was cool apparently there's a couple from nashville went up there and opened a coffee shop that wasn't bad i just got to think when i was in the coffee shop though why 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 is the coffee shop like one out of ten actually want the places you seem like you want to hang out in they're all just kind of you know the, the straight angle none of them really seem like a, a lounge or a hang to me for the most part but went from there went out to the state park called harmony state park which was pretty cool and then we drove over to this other state park the other state park named the garden of the gods so there's one out in colorado springs it's pretty cool big rock formations and then this one's in illinois and it's phenomenal absolutely phenomenal beautiful park i can't recommend it enough it's three and a half hour drive from nashville phenomenal big rock formations you can climb around on pictures and great views we had to get there like an hour before sunset and took the kids man it was just awesome as we were leaving i noticed they have like seven or eight hiking trails that range from like four miles to like 140 miles that you can hike inside this park and just just amazing uh but it was just beautiful park man it's it's funny because i always notice like the commonality also is that i don't notice it seems like there's more stuff like nature uh formations or places that are named after like the devil or satan or hell than there is like god or angels or anything and i'm not religious at all but i've been to at least five devil's punch bowls or you know satan's fingertips or something like that and it's like it's just so funny how like humans we just project that formation looks evil this one over here looks like it's formed by god but in all reality wouldn't they all be formed by god if you believe that it's kind of crazy to me because like newport oregon there's this like uh 
there's this uh, cliff area where you can look straight down and it's like a big wash where the waves come in and churn in this circular area and it's the devil's punch bowl and I'm like well if it's some cool shit that everybody wants to go see why wouldn't you name it after the good guy but apparently it has a bigger draw if you name it after a bad place like no I wouldn't want to hang out in there but if it was something cool I would go see it regardless of what it was named but it doesn't take you much to drive around small uh, any part of America to realize that I mean, I have three kids. It's hard enough naming them for, like, eternity. It's tough enough naming shit for what it is for the most part. So I get that. But that was a good trip, man. Went up and had good Thanksgiving. It was just, uh, all my family's 500 miles away in Arkansas, man. And it was tough with one newborn. And then when we have two small children. But when you have three small children under the age of four... There is nothing on this planet that is going to make your destination enjoyable of spending 10 hours on the road with all of them in the car. Just because you have three different people that are on, let alone my wife and I. I mean, she's great to travel with. I mean, I've traveled with people before that to pee every 15, 20 minutes. My wife's good. Just go along, get along tight. But, man, the kids being on three different schedules is just brutal. So that's why we didn't go home to Arkansas, man. And just that weird thing you can go 500 miles from nashville and you can be in new orleans the gulf coast on the beach you can be in atlanta charleston savannah you can be uh like if you uh, you can be in chicago you can be almost to pittsburgh you know you can be in the outer banks myrtle beach or you can be in my hometown in arkansas it's all right dude it's just that when you think about all that time and effort invested in there that just one of those things. We also, um, uh, we're kicking around that we need to start packing like a bug out bag. Uh, I think a lot of preppers, that's what they call it. I was just thinking a bag with some, a bunch of food and diapers and shit in there so we can take more spontaneous trips because we find ourselves more and often than not just out driving around some weekends like, hey, you want to go to Chattanooga? Yeah, let's go to Chattanooga. And they're like, ah, did we bring this or that? And it didn't really hit home that the shit you forget until you realize we got our middle child, our son Archie, tested for allergies because we had a couple issues. And come to find out, he's allergic, very allergic to sesame seeds and sesame seed oil and egg whites. So much that we had to carry an EpiPen. And you can forget a bunch of shit at the house, but nothing sets in panic like when you forget your kid's EpiPen. So, so last night, um, our Archie's had like some like skin stuff and he wakes up scratching from time to time nothing major but um our pediatrician called in some skin ointment that we've been using it's been working but she tried it she called in some new stuff for prescription I went and picked it up last night uh at CVS and uh as I, I go to the drive-thru and she she turns around she goes uh do you want, she mentioned some other medications and she just walks up to the window with this bag and this other bag and she's like, do you want your other stuff? And I'm like, yeah, man, go ahead and throw it in there. And I'm, I didn't even know what she was talking about because I hadn't talked to anybody at this point. My wife, the prescription was called in last week. I'm like, yeah, go ahead and throw it in. And I'm like, what's the other medication for? She goes, for gout. And I'm like, uh, man, I think you got the wrong person. She goes, there was a guy just here that looked just like you. And I'm like, nope not me man i'm here to pick up some lotion for my son and gave her the information and uh, she she brings it back and it's two tubes in boxes in a bag she goes that'd be 48 dollars. i'm like man 48 bucks i said is that included with my insurance and she looks me dead in the eye and goes this one tube 
it's without insurance, it's seven hundred dollars. I just what 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 could possibly have been that they are they are they what are we harvesting to to make this seven hundred dollar tube of skin cream? I'm like, there's no generic version. She's like, I mean, I wasn't paying seven hundred. I was only paying forty eight. But I'm like, is there a generic version? She goes, no, it's name brand. I'm like, what's it called? She calls you Chrissa. So anytime you're watching news and you see those um, psoriasis commercials, that's why there's so many of them. Those bastards can afford all they want at 700 bucks a tube. You don't want a red, scratchy Dorito skin. You get this Eucrisa stuff and slather it on there. I told my wife, man, when I got home, like, we need to get a safe, not for our valuables, but just to store this tube of Eucrisa in. My God, man. It's like, now I know, I, dude, I'm fortunate I don't have any other ailments, but my kids, I'm just rolling the dice, man. And so I told her, I'm like, this stuff works really good. Would we pay Frontline for it? It works that good? Because I'm sure a lot of people have to deal with that. But, um, yeah, so that's that's uh, about how our holiday weekend went. Drove up uh, on last week, drove back this week. We... Um, Listen to a really fascinating podcast. Uh, I listen to Joe Rogan quite a bit, but Joe Rogan did an interview with Jake the Snake Roberts. Which if you haven't seen the documentary, The Resurrection of Jake the Snake, you got to watch. Just from a documentary standpoint, a good documentary is like, even if you aren't juiced about the content, it's just so done so well, you're just intrigued by it. That one is phenomenal. That one and um, Andre the Giants both came out about the same time, and those are phenomenal podcasts. Uh, documentaries if you haven't caught them kind of really humanizes uh, Andre the Giant but especially Jake the Snake it's about all of his all the shit he went through um, with drugs and alcohol and his family and everything that went down with it and him getting healthy and clean and all that but the podcast with Rogan was just phenomenal man he just I don't know I I read a quote the other day that was uh, or was listening to a podcast another podcast and they were talking about like <clears throat> you don't really know somebody and they're not really that close to you until they've seen you at your most vulnerable and you know your lowest of lows and it's really kind of stuck in my head and this podcast with Jake the Snake was just he just tore open his soul and just kind of poured it out there of all the shit that he'd been through and where he was at and just the brutal honesty of himself and his life and every, the roads he'd been down and I don't know, man. It's just very interesting. America, we always like a good comeback story, but this one was, was really, really good for the most part. But, well, that's about all I got. Got our uh, oldest daughter, our oldest child. It's her fourth birthday this weekend. And uh, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Four years seems like it wasn't that long ago, but it also seems like it was a long time ago. Cause like prior to that four years, I look back at Facebook memories. That was like 2014. I look back at 2010. I'm like, man, I barely even remember that or blah blah blah. It, it's like four years ago. I can look back through my phone and see the steps of the way my daughter's grown and and all that. And the conversations now. The other day when we were when I stopped at that coffee shop in New Harmony, went back out to the car and she's like, I gotta go pee. I'm like, all right, so. Went back in, and you had to walk through the kitchen to go downstairs to where the bathroom was at this older building. So we walked downstairs, and uh, as soon as we get to the bottom of the stairs, across the room is where the bathroom is. And she's like, Dad, you stand right here. I want to go by myself. I was like, ah, 
I really wasn't prepared. I not that it was a pain in my ass to take her to the bathroom, but just all these conversations, all these things happen so quick. I never thought that, that like when you're not a parent or something, you're like, all right, when's your kids start going to the bathroom by themselves? Or like, I don't know, eight or nine. And I was like, yeah, that seems reasonable, but you don't think it's four. And I, some you, you just see so many things your kid growing up that at four, if I said like, uh, yeah, I left my four-year-old out in the car by themselves, you'd be like, if you weren't a parent or something, you'd be like, oh God, that poor defenseless kid. But not like with the windows rolled up. I mean, just like with the car running while I drop her brother off at school. But if you hang around with her, you just think that she, you just, she's just a lot more mature and older than what four seems like when you're not a parent. And I'm not trying to, I don't want her to grow up any faster than she is. It's just one of those things you don't, don't really think about until you're there. You know, like, holy shit, we're having these conversations, you know. The two-year-old now just said his first sentence yesterday. Uh, or first two words combined just said sister's funny. Uh, that happened quick. And then we're starting all over with the newborn now at two months to see how fast he's progressed in two months. Trying to take as many pictures of the, of the newest one as the others, but it's the way stuff goes, man. But so if anybody listening to this wants to come out to the party, shoot me a message. Just the Neil McCormick at Gmail. If you get a chance to hop on iTunes and leave a review, that would be awesome. Or if you could just take everybody that listens to this, I think I'm getting just a you know, getting a decent amount of downloads. I'm kind of excited about it. I mean, I gave a previous podcast, Pork and Pale L, a good run. It was good. Um, but the momentum I'm seeing from this one is quite a bit faster than what I saw from that one after about a year or so. So thanks, technology. Thanks, uh, Anchor uh, and everybody else. But if you just leave a review or my, if you could do me a huge favor, a huge solid, and just share it with one person if you dig it. Uh, I'm not asking much probably never gonna you know be able to quit my job but hell who knows man it's the, it's the commute in i don't know what i'd do if i ever just like worked right on the corner from my house i'll have to do it in the morning when i'm getting up and getting coffee and oatmeal and everything ready fixing the kids lunches just flip on the camera so well that and i my instagram account uh the neil mccormick uh, at the Neil McCormick on Instagram. It's a picture of my wife and I, and you'll see a bunch of pictures of my kids and food in a fire. Uh, not all of them together are my kids in a fire or f- anyway. Uh, just made that. I had it private for a while. Just made that public. Oh, wow. This dude just rolled in with a 64 Impala. That's my, that's my first. This one's two door black. It's my car I drove all through high school and everything. God, that car's beautiful. Um, anyway, hope y'all have a good week. I got some pretty awesome uh, meetings scheduled for the week. Some pretty good foods. Excited about that and getting ready for this party. Um, Thank you all again for listening. That's all I got. Tell him, man. He was a great the lunch. chicken, I was stoked about the portion yeah. size, but you could have just served it two pieces at a time. It's so damn good, man. Everything's really, really good. Yeah, I had the uh, yakitoba. And yeah. we did the, we did the two gyoza too. I've gotten every time I've been here. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good job with everything, man. Yeah. So yeah, he ran Lucky Belly and he runs two ten jacks. So he owns, he's the head of the. What's your name, Dwight? 
husband. What's her name? No. Is he, he's the third guy. Right. He's the husband and wife. Is she right. Jen, right? It's uh, Jess. Jess, yeah. Her husband and then him. Yeah, Jess and... She's me? I'm like... Um, yeah, but it's Jess, her husband, you know, yeah. seat hospitality, and I'm sure there's got to be outside money. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but dude, yeah, it's got the, uh, you can upload everything and it just syncs up to Stitcher, iTunes and everything. There's another dude that has another podcast called the exact same thing as mine. Windshield Time? Yeah, but mine was recorded exactly, my first episode, uh, a week and a half to two weeks before his first episode. So you're on the <laughs> And so I'm just like, dude, we're not overlapping here by any means, but if he ever sends me a cease and desist, yeah. I got, at least I got evidence yeah, that I was we here first, first alright? <laughs> Yeah, I think it's just funny because like the mornings when you hear me clicking on my seatbelt or road yeah, noise, yeah. it's like, dude, it is what it is. I don't need. And then say what's going on on the road. <laughs> yeah, that. dude, that impala yesterday was ridiculous. The very end of the episode was really, really good. But yeah, I'm, it surprised me you know, how many downloads and everything I've gotten at this point. But for me, it's just, it, it's like any of the shit, dude. You got to put in a year or two years worth of shit. For it's even, weird with iTunes. Sometimes yours doesn't come in until a day after you say. Oh, really? Show up on my subscription until a huh. day after you say it's out and have the link, so I can yeah. do a direct link. But yeah, that's interesting. Just how they. Call yeah, it. it was interesting. It shows you the breakdown of either whether it would be other, it'll show Anchor or iTunes or other. So I think there's probably about 15, uh, 15 uh, subscribers at this point through iTunes. But yeah, I don't know, man. I gave you your first review. Yeah, oh, yeah, I saw that, dude. I appreciate it. I, I was like, tell everybody, I'm like, everything that I do is just to document my own mortality for my grandkids. That's all. Really. It's just like, it's just like I'm not gonna have a chance to have that many conversations with them. They can go back and dig through shit. You That's know. So I wrote the blog. I called the blog. You know, when I first started writing it, a uh, writing assignment to myself. Yeah. You know, just to make you do it, make you think about it, make you, you know, share some old stories. Yeah. That hopefully will live. So. Yeah, dude. It's more I, I think about a lot of those. It's like I was talking my dad. I'm not sure if I mentioned on the show or not about my biological coming in to visit us and yeah. tell me about my grandmother. It's like, what the fuck, man? Nobody ever mentioned that. I know. You know? <laughs> I mean, who knows? That just like two generations away, my relatives were full-blooded Mexicans that came in here. I'm just like, just shit like that. I didn't like. You didn't fucking think to mention that in the last. 12, 15 years we've known you each could, other. You could file for dual citizenship. Yeah. That would be a big advantage right yeah. now. Because he's got this picture on his side of the family. That's his mom's mom on his dad's side of the family. He's got this picture of like his dad's grandfather, I believe. With this fucking Native American chick. And the two kids they had together is like Mary fucking Lightfeather or something. Yeah. And I'm like... No one's got records of this? I mean, I could get some offset college funds or something. You know? I'm just like, he goes, yeah, I think it was her first husband or second, but she were definitely your great, great grandmother. And I'm like, all right, man, I got to do either the Ancestry or 23andMe. Did you see the picture I posted the lady's thread on Twitter? About, oh, her, about, about her, her uncle. <laughs> Why did you do this? Dude, if you find that thread on Twitter, there's like 20, 30 other people chiming in like, same thing happened to my family. Apparently got two half-brothers didn't know about. Neither did my dad. <laughs> like that. Oh, we're only, good news is, he can shop for all of us. We're only a month apart. You know, oh, it's shit like that. And it's just stories, the whole thread's like, same thing happened to our family. Hey, see, I'm adopted, but I love Dude, you need to yeah, do it, Chris. I can't figure out which one to do. Uh, yeah, ancestry is the one. are better for like health issues. Which yeah. When you're adopted, I want to know about those. Yeah, things. exactly. I mean, it'd be nice to know. Yeah. But some of them are plugged into that big network where yeah. you know, and here's your cousin. You know. That's- yeah. I think ancestry is the more one with that, and 23 and Me is better for the other. We have the 23 and Me kids at the fucking house. We just haven't swapped them in yet. 
But I'm gonna do the ancestry too, because like my dad's not married, doesn't have any other kids. But let's be honest, I'm not probably I'm not another preconceived notion that he stopped fucking dumping loads into chicks after seventy-eight. Come on. That's a big stretch of time. That was it. For old non-gamble McGee over there. Keep throwing caution to the wind, you know. I'm not stupid. Come on, man. Between him and, you know, any of the other family you see out there. I mean, I had uncles that are in the military here that. Who fucking knows, man? Mom's one of 11. You're trying to tell me there ain't some little fucking, you know, half half family members running around somewhere? You know? Hell, I could find out that I could get German citizenship or something. Yeah, dude. You know, find out you plugged in there, so. That thread, that, but there's two or three of them just like, oh, Now yeah. we're arguing about the Swiss part of Italy. Maybe that's where <laughs> we're from. Yeah. And then people are chiming in that thread going, look, the, the Romans brought a lot of people back and forth through Italy, so it's completely plausible that you are from there because they're just testing different tribes and DNA and everybody's giving but, them a way out, but it's still... But you're probably related to Genghis Khan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was one on there that was like, uh, yeah, my family wanted to see where we were from in Scotland and come to find out we're not from Scotland at all. Uh, all our family's from Britain. And then it spurred off this whole other discussion about Scotland being a part of Britain and other right. people, the Scots and Brits are chiming in. It's all other international incident on this thread. If you can find it, dude, goddamn, it's such a good reading. I did a random tweet last week um, just about somebody had tweeted that, have you ever noticed how Muller wears his watch on the... Upside down. Upside down. Um, I thought it was an age thing. Uncle Jack does that. Well, he said, just like a Marine, because you don't want overhead light to reflect off of it and give away your position. And and I, I, I just tweeted back to guys like, my dad was an ex-Marine, and he did that. I never knew. Thanks for the explanation. Yeah. And then, like, a minute later, I said, to be more accurate, he was always a Marine. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. And between those two, they both got, like, 40,000 or 4,000 impressions each. And I never really? had anything witty I wrote get more than a yeah, thousand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 4,000 each. And I looked through all the likes, and they were from, like, far left and far right, you know, and it, Somehow, once you get plugged into one of those like, yeah. Trump streams, you know, where they just all start sharing yeah. you as an example of, like, my dad was always a Marine. Like, well, he was. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I had no idea. That's why they do it. So that <clears throat> when you're just standing out here, you don't, you know, flash that flare up there. I never realized like, that. I never knew that. Uncle Jack was in the military at all. He drove a road grader, but I still never noticed that. Well, he probably just didn't want to mess with the watch. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah dad always wore a watch like that. So. Yeah, I just started wearing a watch in the last month. I was moving some shit around the house, found this watch. It was in a box of stuff that people left at the sandbar Leah brought home. Lost and found stuff. I'm like, time was right. I'm like, oh, I'm going to have a watch. But I realized that... You did I, it right before the time changed. So you had to figure that shit yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. it's not that that. It's just that even with your phone, people use that as an excuse to pick up and check their fucking phone. Yeah. I'm like, dude, and I, I run down the list on a regular basis. It's just like, look, dude. I got three sisters, I got three small children, I have a wife, I used to run all these social accounts, there's at least 10,000 people that have my fucking phone number and my email address. I have as much or more reason to be picking that goddamn thing up as anybody, and I can figure out how to just, it's okay, man. That's, whatever's going on there, is it more important than what's going on right here? My wife gets frustrated, like, I texted and called, I'm like, okay, how many times have we been eating, I haven't been on my phone. It's the same respect for everybody else. Have you ever seen those pint glasses that are designed to fit on a phone? I've heard about those. Yeah. yeah. They like look like... It doesn't have like a notch cut? Yeah. yeah. 
So yeah. the pint glass will only stay up if you set it on your phone. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I used to have make my friends when if somebody, one person in the group was on their phone too much, I'd do the phone stack, flip them all over, and the first person to grab them had to pick up everybody's check, and unless everybody got their check at the same time. So it'd just be like somebody, like, oh, well, let me show you. They're like, ah, oh, I can't touch my phone. Like, yeah, you can, but I mean, I'm going to order a couple more dishes if you're going to touch your phone. <laughs> But, I mean, if Margot Price can make everybody at Bridgestone put their phone in a bag walking in. Yeah. Third man did that. Did they really? Yeah. That's awesome, man. Joe Rogan does that at all of his shows. I mean, uh, what is the name of him? Yoder is the name of the bags. He did it at, at the Ryman and fucking phenomenal. Phenomenal. He's just like, look, man, if, look, I get it if you got shit, but it don't vibrate. Go outside and do something. But it's just, this is a show. And I love it because it irritates me. Because I know all the shit that goes into just getting to a show. There's not a fucking shit. There's not a decent venue in this country that's got a Walmart Supercenter-sized parking lot. Or is it a convenient neighborhood? There's just not. You know, not unless you live in East Nashville and walk to the five spot. But most everybody else has to fucking park. Right. And then get there. And then babysitter. This or that. And while you're trying to fucking text with Snapchat with your brightness all the way up in the middle of the show... Like Rogan's, I was able to like settle in. I just bought one ticket and got a good seat at the Ryman. When you only buy one seat at the Ryman, you can get good seats. I, I looked to get Brothers Osborne tickets for this at the Ryman. And front five rows of the balcony, front five, they said tickets available for 30. And there were singles all over, down on the floor and up in the balcony for 30. Anything two together or in the front five rows, 350 bucks a piece. Man, you have 10% seats, don't you? You have like the upper 1%. Yep. They get to sit in the front row of the balcony. Yeah. You know? They used but, to be the seat I loved to get. Yeah. The, the single seats have moved, like a good move, because uh, when the Foo Fighters played there and that shit sold out quick, I went back in after getting pushed out for two tickets because Josh the Brewery wanted to go. I got one at the exact same location on the lower level and the upper level. And it was just like, because everybody wants to sit together. But dude, if it's the fucking Foo Fighters at the Ryman, you just get in the building, man. Right. And what happened was no one realized the observation of uh, you don't tra- there was no transferable. Because people drove in from all these other areas. They're like, oh, I got your tickets. I got your tickets. They get up there and like, let me see the credit card and ID that you bought the tickets with. And they're like, uh. So the back five rows, the Ryman on lower level, were empty. Because everybody just moved up? Yeah, because nobody else fucking showed up. And everybody's like, you know, and just moved up. So it's like, regardless of where you're at, and you had good seats. You can seats. stand behind a fuse at the Ryman down yeah. on the floor and see fine. So. Yeah, dude. And I'll do that for like, you know, if I was going to see Hamilton, I'd buy a single. Yeah. Because I'm not going to talk to Lisa during the show. Yeah. You know, we'll talk in intermission. Yeah. During a concert, you know, it's nice to be together, but. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I got I to gotta get better. I've seen a good bit of the, of course, the Wicked and, you know, Lion King and all that shit that's came through. Book of Mormon that came through, but. I keep talking about it. my wife's not ever been to any of those, you know, and I'm just like, because her mom just got back from New York and just caught a couple of shows and shit. Like, she hasn't seen Wicked or any of those. And I'm just like, dude, I got to get on the schedule and get back to going to the T-Pack. I just enjoy that quality of entertainment. Well, I used to go to the rep. I used to be on the board of the rep. So oh, really? I love the rep plays. Cause they're, yeah. Where are those at? They do them in, downstairs at, in the small theater at, at T-Pack. Oh, okay. But they're all local. They're yeah. getting actors. So, it's, yeah. It's, dude, I've never yeah. been to one of those. They do a, a Christmas store every year that's a blast. You know, the full Ralphie, you'll shoot your eyes. Oh, really? And they do a nice. great job. Are they still doing the Tuna Christmas there? I saw that a couple years. I've seen those guys in a while. Uh, buddy of mine used to be like the head tech for them. Uh, those guys got to be getting old by now. Yeah. It's like uh, Doyle and Debbie. I talked to uh, 
uh, yeah, JT about that. Yeah. And he's uh, he's like, yeah, they're still coming in, you know. I gotta take friends with that. I love that show. Yeah, I keep saying I'm gonna take this person to it. I'm gonna eventually they're just gonna get old. And yeah, stop, and stop doing, doing it. it. I guess it's still they're doing all right, you know. He's had it. The last two or three months have been his best months ever at Station wow. N. I thought he was going to die. I thought uh, emphysema had gotten yeah. where he wasn't going to make it. But yeah, he just always has some sinus issues or something, but he's doing all right, man. But he's just got, he's, I think he's got less than two years left on his lease there. You know, but he's had a couple different groups and entities approach him about, you know, putting it downtown or whatever. He's like, it's not the fucking Station Inn, it's on Broadway. I mean, I don't know who owns that, but. With the CMA, you know, CMF buy it like they bought Hatch Showprint. Yeah. Or the IBMA or somebody, you know. Yeah, IBMA would be a good move. We'd get, go together with some but, Jerry Douglas's of the world to uh, raise some funds to do it. But whoever owns it isn't going to give them a discount. Yeah. It's a, he's, he's not looking at the station in. He's looking, you know, at the airspace above yeah. the station in. <laughs> Did you listen to that uh, uh, podcast? My name is Planet Money or one of the indicator. They talked about the airspace above places in New York. Yeah. About uh, uh, what the value of it, of the airspace is, and uh, the dude, I think it was Cat's Deli, one of them. That that's how they stayed alive was by selling the airspace above them. Uh, it's, I'll find Lincoln Center too. It's very, very good. But yeah, that one is the dude that got the people on Webby Plumbing. They own where that uh, where they're now blasting next to him between him and the scene. Uh, they owned it, and where that Thompson all that is, they sold all that and they moved out to Charlotte. Yeah, because you used to be able to park in that, yeah. in that plumber's parking lot yeah. near the station in, right there on the corner. And then Charlotte blew up. They came to them and they said, hey, we'll pay you 5X what you paid for this. And they're like, all right. And now they've moved out to Nolan's Road. They moved their Webby plumbing supply out there. But I guess we still have to sell plumbing. But yeah, you know, Webby's still really alive. The older guy's in his mid-80s when JT catch up all the time. But still the family and everybody's just like, look, fucking real estate in Nashville. You know, this 2020 bubble, just saying we're going to need to do something with this in the meantime. But I think if JT, I think if it moved to like Madison or something and JT moved along with it and he moved everything and did it, it would have a chance of longevity. But if he just sells and somebody else tries to take it over. Like when the Bluegrass Inn was no longer Hubert Davis's yeah. Bluegrass Inn. Yeah. He could move to like the Sutler. Yeah. That would be, you know, just far enough out of town. But yeah. Still, yeah, but I mean, it, it needs to be something that is. I mean, you could transport everything. I mean, JT's got five thousand of those posters and shit that's in there. But um, you could do that. But I think the simplicity of it of being like, it doesn't need a cocktail program. It doesn't need. It doesn't need a menu. It doesn't need a full kitchen or that. It needs a fucking pizza and goddamn draft beer and pitchers. You know. There's very many places other than him and Martin's that didn't do pictures anymore. You know what I'm Everybody used to do fucking pictures. Yeah. The whole culture of getting pizza and a pitcher of beer, whatever. Well, if you think of a seven dollar pint, that means you got a thirty five dollar pitcher. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. I remember whenever he first put our beer on there, um, he was charged eleven dollars for Bud and Bud Light pitchers. He goes, "Well, your beer's more expensive. I'll at least have to charge twelve, thirteen dollars." I'm like, "Just go up to sixteen. He's like. People will pay sixteen dollars. I'm like, yes, JT. They'll pay sixteen dollars. And after that first year, I was just having to be in there. He goes, you know, I was looking at my bottom line, and just by adding Yazoo Pale on that line, it increased my revenue by sixty thousand dollars. <laughs> you mind if I tell that story? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I was like, all right, uh, you ready to add another one? <laughs> you know, that's how we got three of the four taps in there. I'm not changing shit. I ain't changing anything, man. It's just that's the beauty of the station. And is you gotta. You know, no one to hold them. 
I mean, it's you gotta. It's, it's the people. You got a stock that's giving you 12% revenue, and everybody else is making 40. You don't fucking try to make a risk. 12 is still pretty goddamn good in comparison to nothing. You don't get greedy, you know. It's my issue living in Lebanon, dude. Is our house? We're up 250 grand on it. It's all I can do every day not to sell that fucker and be no mortgage. But I figured it out. Our house, if it appreciates six dollars a square foot per year, that increase cancels out my mortgage payment. And then we just started renting out our Airbnb. We're already booked solid for a month and a half. All right, we've had good. Yeah, we've had two groups book four guys book for two weeks each. Apparently, there's an aeronautics school in Lebanon that everybody they come in from all over the country to go to for like two weeks at a time. So 150 bucks a night, I've paid my mortgage for the next three months with that. And I'm like, I would love to move to a smaller house and something closer to town or something. But financially, right now, that'd be the dumbest thing I could do. Just like, just stay here, keep living. You know, it's paying my mortgage and everything. You know, so I mean, I'm, I'm really worried about it at this point. You know, but it's hard when you see the equity you're up in your house because any day I'm thinking the market's gonna eat it again. And it's gonna be worth eighty nine thousand, but you know, well, the market will eat it again. But mm-hmm. but everybody will be living on that. You know, yeah. You'd be somewhere else. You'd take that money and put it somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, exactly. And it would eat it there. Yeah, you know? exactly. I just eat it at a different scale from 200 being back at 200 than being at, I mean, we're at 450 now, and if I could just do some. Yeah. And we bought it for $71 a square foot. The average in my neighborhood is 145 a square foot now. And we added 400 square feet when we closed our garage. Of income, too. Yeah. yeah. We enclosed the garage, added a bedroom, and finished out the bathroom. So we added a bedroom and a bathroom to the house. So now we're uh, five bedrooms, three and a half baths. No, three full baths. There's no half. We have showers and bathtubs in every room. So, yeah. Yeah, then having the mother-in-law suite that's detached from the house with separate entrance, it's already, gener- like you said, generating income. I mean, that's why I'm just like, I mean, it's hard not to. I mean, even like where y'all are at now, dude, what'd you fucking pay for that in comparison to now? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like you just walk through the door every day and there's just $100 bills stacked up on a table and you're like, ah. What, what's funny is I owe more for it now than I owed when I bought it. Oh, really? Because, you know, we remodeled it and I bought a house in Swanee. You know, yeah. So did all that through the mortgage. But, yeah. You know, the good news is I owe 150 on it. You know, but I got a house that's worth eight. And, yeah. And another house in Swanee. Yeah. So How much you pay for your house in Swanee? 220 Really? Yeah. That's not bad, dude. We, she took the first offer, which makes you think like, damn. Yeah, no, dude, that's the way mine was too. That at two forty offered two twenty one. They're like, okay, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Even my insurance lady was like, you bought it for seventy one a square foot. I would at least insure it for ninety five. I'm like, well, all that right. Was, that was the hard part because it's it's a nice cabin. It's got real nice wallpaper pictures and all that. So, you know, I went to get it insured, and they're like, eleven hundred square foot. No, we can't insure it for that. Because, you know, it's a little messy around where I am. Yeah, there. yeah. I'm like, can you send somebody to see it before you say no, you know? Yeah. Because that's what I paid for it, and that's probably what it's worth. Yeah. Like, we can't, you know, we can't insure for more than 140. I'm like, well, I don't want to, which 140 are you going to insure? Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Which half? <laughs> yeah. This, the half with the house or yeah. without the house? Which one? You know, we won't take anything on the kennel. Yeah. <laughs> How many acres is with your house? Eight. Oh, that's perfect, dude. Yeah. Most it's all wooden behind you though, but it's you ain't gonna be down there mowing the fucking yard every time you get Wooded behind me and then there's a fence line with pasture and a lake and a farm, so I mean he's not gonna build anything there, so I'm So where good. you're at, at going toward the road that dead ends, I am still always fascinated by that shit that's into your road there. 
that has that beautiful oh, overlook yeah. and everything. Yeah. And you're just like, what is this? Is there even anything going on there? Is the it, castle? Yeah. Um, and who owns that? Now it's owned by some people down in Alabama. Really? So they send family up. And there's people there on some weekends. And I don't know. But it's been, it's been a wedding venue. It's been a restaurant. Really? It's been a hotel. A bunch of stuff down there. I can find the history on it. Cause I've, yeah. got a, I've got a book on Swanee history. It was like the first infinity pool anywhere is there, you know, because it's really? right there on the edge of the bluff. Wow, dude. Yeah, that's fascinating. It's just weird to me, though, man. It's those weird things. It's just like in the street, it opens up this massive parking lot and this beautiful house sitting up on the side of the hill. It's just like... He sold two lots to the left and people built houses between Natural Bridge and the castle. Yeah. So he used to own it all the way around to the actual bridge. Which is state park, right? Yeah. yeah. It's the smallest state park in Tennessee. Oh, it is? Yeah. Wow. It's tiny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just a driveway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's beautiful. Uh, yeah, that's interesting, dude. Yeah, the whole area is fascinating. Man. Like I said, I've gone down and done that Lost Carter. Uh, Lost Cave. Yeah, Lost Cave uh, hike a couple Carter, times. Yeah, and then Sherwood is another one, too, dude. It's just telephone poles leaning over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, and then it's got the, the, I'm going here to get my meth supplies, the drugstore at the very end of it there. And I was like, why the fuck is there a Walgreens here? Yeah, I bought some of the groceries last week while we were there. Poor girl. Oh, she's really? Going through and she's taking things out of the basket. You know, keeps looking at the number and taking things out. You're like, I got the extra four dollars here. Yeah, I mean, I got the, it. The extra two pounds of ground chuck. Yeah. Like, I feed your baby. You yeah. Know, so. It's not like you're getting fucking eight pounds of shrimp. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. I, I bought her groceries. At least like, she wouldn't buy like all sorts of Sudafed or anything. <laughs> she like, no, I wouldn't have bought her eight yes. bottles of Sudafed. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't have the 99 count of 24 hour Sudafed. And my buddy Jared's a pharmacist. He's like, the only people that buy that, no one needs 99 count of fucking Sudafed. You know, it's just one of those deals, man. Yeah, it's 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 it, that whole shit. Like I said, it, it's, like, Tennessee is such a bizarre state. I, it's the same thing that I, I I think that most people go to Vanderbilt never venture out more than a handful of miles from Vanderbilt. Right. And I think the majority of people that move to Nashville never venture out that much of Nashville. If they move in this, yeah, I mean, people live in Franklin, yeah. don't leave Franklin. No, no, it just just to do like an hour in any direction. Right. I mean, to go to a Paris, to go to fucking Menville, not for anything specific, but just... Go to Hallmark, by, you know, yeah. go to the used clothes stores down there. Yeah, just, just to drive through to see what the fucking small town dynamic is, man. I think, it, for me, it's just always been fascinating, you know, go down to Fly or any of those areas, it's just, so much of the state is just so diverse. You know, like how many people don't know you can drive to Nolensville on Nolensville Road? Yeah, yeah, know that that's what the, it's at the end of it. Yeah, you know, or even there, just to know how many people go down the goddamn tractor pulls to Chapel Hill. You know how big of a deal that is. That they don't, no one, they don't market to Nashville or anything because everybody knows and goes back to the same shit. You know, yeah, it's I like would, Mule Days. If, if somebody would drive my ass to to the drag strip in Sparta, I would, yeah. I would much rather do that than go to the Speedway here and watch. <laughs> yeah. I've done the Speedway here once, and I'm just like, what the fuck, dude? I'm, I'll never forget, I was there one time when they were doing a cash drop giveaway from the top of the pavilion. They threw $101 bills off, and everybody's all excited. It took those fucking bills five minutes to drop from the top of that pavilion down the crowd. By the time everybody's, you know, they're like, ah! It's like the excitement's gone. Because they were like, oh, and then we're going to have dropping $100 off the top of it. Yeah. They're just going, they're taking forever. And they're trying to build the hype as a way for people to grab them. And they're coming, folks. Here they are. I'm like, you can just drop them and then go, oh, and if you look over your 
head, you know. I saw Tower of Power open for BB King and they're playing at the Speedway. And I paid the extra 50 bucks for VIP tickets. And VIP tickets were literally, the stage was across, it was in the infield across the track. And they had tables set up, like eight top tables. You had an assigned seat, and you know, BB King is right there. Really? Tower Power is right there. That's pretty cool. And for the 50 bucks that I didn't pay, you'd have been across the track in the bleacher. Oh, wow, dude. That's fascinating. I'm like, this is a good use of VIP. Yeah, yeah, that is, dude. I am not in that. Yeah, that's really cool, man. I always, I want to do, I wanted to just get an old, shitty, like, church passenger van. And just do, uh, just black it out. Just it's all matte black with just white writing on it. It's just weird tours of Nashville, and it's just like you just have a tour guide that you just pick up people and go. You pay whatever you think it's worth, and it's just like you, Reams, and a handful of other people. Like, all right, what are y'all interested in? You like food? You interested in cars? You in music? What are we? What are we talking about here? And you just drive to random spots, and one of them is to somehow get access to the speedway to go and just take a loop around it. Do a hot lap. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And just a van. It's like, dude, there's no romance to this, but here you go. You know, they let people ride their bikes on. Oh, really? Yeah, you could do like track training on it, like once a month. Really? That's really cool. I always want to do a foot race out there, you know, but do it at the top of it. You got that banking going around. Everybody feels like they're uh, they get one foot shorter than the other when they get done. No, I've never been down on the track. Really? You are literally, you know, grabbing in front of you trying to get. Really? I've only been down there once. It's fascinating. I'll take my, eventually take my kids to go see a race there just to experience it, not to, not because well, I think go uh, see the Birth Country Music Museum. That is really, I've never, never been to that. That's where one. you know the Carter. You know, the Bristol session. Really? The Carter did family. You, did we talk about that? The Wandering Stream, that movie? Have you seen it? It's it's about an hour too long, but it's all about every bit of that and about the, the whole history of the Carter family and how they went down and were, Rogers and, yeah. how they were part of the uh, the, the uh, pirate radio right across the border into Mexico that right. they said was putting out so much juice that you could all you had to do was take a coffee can and set it on your table at night. <laughs> Within, within 500 miles of the radio station, and just sit up there and you can listen to the radio. <laughs> That's, these fuckers just went across the line. And there was no regulation. Yeah, yeah. As much as you could. Carolina yeah. Frog. They said at night. You, Heard it on the X, baby. Yeah. yeah. At, at night, you, they were broadcasting to, I want to say it was like 65 to 70% of continental United States. From right across the border in Mexico, they had those fuckers jacked up, and that's when the Carter family went down there and everybody, and they named all the people that were playing on. But that one was fascinating. That one's really, really good. It's a little bit long-winded, but it's really good. But it's not um, a documentary. It's a, it is a documentary, okay. yeah. But it's they just cover a lot of information. It's like, and they do some animations and some stuff in there too that's really good. But it's it's just uh, like I said, it's just a lot of information. Whoever did it meant well. They just didn't have a good editor to help them they go. Needed, they needed Peter Cooper. Yes, like dude, you could. They, you don't need to talk to the great great granddaughter that never met these people. They don't. They don't care. Well, mom and daddy used to say blah blah blah. I'm like, yeah, but you didn't know it, and you don't have a story. And then what you heard secondhand, you know. There's only so many of those stories you can you can tell. Yeah. The wandering stream. Yeah, the wandering stream. I'll see if it's streaming. Yeah, that one is really. I think it was on Netflix for a while, so. Yeah, did you ever catch that uh, the Skinner documentary? Oh, talk yeah. about that? Yeah. God, dude, I was talking with somebody about the other day because he was in Scuba for a soccer tournament. 
and he's I, I this is fascinating to me about how they just bounce back and forth from the starting out the crash site is just so awesome to me you know did you watch the Elvis one on HBO? Elvis Elvis the, the searcher or Elvis the, yeah oh, the seeker yeah yeah I'm not sure if it's HBO uh, yeah it's on uh, on the man there it's a two parter fascinating really fascinating just so fascinating because they go into details about his relationship with his mom and Vernon and uh, how all that broke down. It was very, very good. I didn't touch too much on the drug stuff and how how absolutely young he liked his girl. But, you know. I've just finally started watching the uh, Tales of the Sewer Bus Night. I haven't watched any of that. It's like Judge, Judge, right? Yeah, and it's animated like King of the Hill. Really? And when Judge does half of the voices, so he's like, it's like. Is that on YouTube? Uh, is that what it is? It on. Thanks again, Chris. We can find a lot of them. So. Yeah, not saying. Yeah, for sure. I see validation. Hey, validation.